Bryceel and Diane Duver and I are your hosts every week, right here on AM twelve ninety, repeated at eleven, and on Saturdays at six. We're brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending, whose highly trained and experienced team takes great pride in helping people with home financing, offering competitive rates and a wide array of loan programs. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets, and at Montecito's Upper Village. And Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution. Hi, Neil. How are you today? I'm lonely. I know. You've been doing a good job at social distancing. I've been proud of you. Your age demographic hasn't been taking this seriously, so I'm glad to see you are. Well, I have an advantage with social distancing that most people don't. I don't have you any. You do it all any, the time. No, I don't have any friends, <laughs> so it's pretty easy. So, that is not true, and you know it. You just so, usually eat at four. Most so of the rest of us just are having an afternoon snack. So, were you able to get us guests for today? We are. We are very lucky and fortunate to have two guests today. We have Stephanie Armstrong of the. Santa Barbara Chamber of Commerce, and we have Sherry Villanuevo, who heads up Acme Hospitality. Thank you both for being here with us today. Thank you. So, my pleasure. So we begin our show every every uh, week with the first segment, taking articles out of the news, and sometimes it's difficult, uh, and now I have a, as they would say, a plethora of articles. The first one uh, I took from the Wall Street Journal five minutes ago, uh, which shows you how things are changing. Uh, and the article is entitled, Fed um, is now willing to do unlimited amount of, uh, of guarantees of treasuries. And what this is reflective of is essentially uh, a fear that uh, has been manifest for the last uh, two, three weeks, becoming uh, so over the top that I think everyone is now finally realizing that the entire economy of the country and the world is in jeopardy. And uh, what the Fed has done, which uh, incidentally did not help the stock market today, uh, because the stock market is still waiting for some fiscal response. What the Fed has done is they have said that they're going to uh, provide a facility, a whole set of facilities to infuse funds into the system Uh, at 150% of capacity. Um, I think what's important on that article is not only are they willing to backstop treasuries, but they've actually even opened the door into backstopping corporate, corporate, um, corporate financing, which, which is a a big uh, shift from what they traditionally do, not only in the vast amounts of um, money that they're going to be dumping into the economy, but also the types of investments that they're willing to take on their balance sheet is really something that we haven't we haven't seen not even in the likes of 2008. Well, that leads me into my next article. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, I love when I do that automatically for you, Neil. Which is even more amazing because this article is two weeks old, and sometimes articles uh, just don't get used. And this one, in a way, I'm glad it didn't get used because what it is entitled is "Virus Could Ignite a Debt Bomb," and what the article is saying two weeks ago is that we have been saying for a while, this is the, the writer, that 
there is, we may be sitting on top of an un, unexploded bomb because over the last uh, five years, because of interest rates being so low, corporate debt has risen to unprecedented numbers. And what corporations have essentially believed is that uh, there is no reason not to continue to borrow, buy back stock with that borrowed money, because no matter how bad things get, borrowing money at 1% or 2% can't be a, a bad investment. And what they didn't consider is this black swan event where the, the, the world is, looks like it's coming to an end, meaning that the corporate debt is going to be put under an incredible amount of pressure. And what's so interesting is that so many of the things we're saying now could have been said in two, after 2000, during 2008, where corporations had become too optimistic, where they had taken on too much debt. There's even an article today that I didn't bring because I didn't even understand it myself about how derivative uh, 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 growth uh, in the area of uh, specialized investments that hedge funds are buying uh, betting on volatility has caused an additional uh, bit of volatility into the marketplace. Well, so, and that's what we're really seeing is these institutional investors doing things like this, like a new hedge on the VIX or or something along those lines, which are just continuing that downward momentum in the market that even the Fed with their announcement of unlimited backstopping, you know, it changed the futures and it changed the open of today's uh, trading session. But really, uh, didn't change the end result all that much. So Andrew Ross Sorkin, who's really smart, he writes for the New York Times uh, an article, an article, a, a, a group of columns called Deal Book, uh, came up with a really interesting proposal yesterday. Uh, he said that what the government should do is rather than what they're considering now, which is giving everyone a check, they should provide a backstop, a loan to every single business, whether it's a gig person or whether it's a large firm, uh, as long as they will guarantee that they will employ at least 90% of their workforce at the same way as they did before the crisis. So basically what he's saying is keep businesses running, guarantee, make sure that they have to pay the loans back once this crisis is over with no interest over five years. You know, they can't buy back their stock, et cetera, et cetera. But what he's basically saying is this is so bad, you need to find a way of keeping the system running, which means everybody, which I think is part of the debate taking place right now in Congress, where there is this um, sense among one party that you should basically backstop certain businesses, where you have the other party basically saying you should basically backsize every business so that everyone continues to get at least 90% of what uh, they were getting before. Uh, probably not going to happen, but uh, ironically, that may be, in fact, something that should be considered. Um, the, uh, the, the next article, which is I brought for a particularly interesting reason, and it's entitled Mortgage Lenders Way Plan for Payment Pause. And that may make sense, that is to let people not pay their mortgages. But nowhere in the article, they discuss the other side. How many people and how many institutions live off of the interest payments of those of that mortgage paper? So if the uh, mortgagee decides not to take uh, interest payments to help the borrower, how are they going to make the interest payments that people rely on who own the mortgages? So that's just another element that makes this thing really difficult.
And well, and that's the that's that's the thing with all of the um, you know when you when you look at all these programs that then somebody isn't paying something. That's how the economy works: is moving money through the system. And when you pay your mortgage and your interest, then the, the people who own your mortgage and then business continues to flow. And so there seems to be some sort of um, people are trying to think, try to put a round peg in a square hole and it's not working. So this article, which probably be our last because we're running out of time in this first segment, is uh, by our favorite uh, Wall Street Journal writer, Jason Swig, And it was in yesterday's paper and it's called, We Are All Going to Look Back at This and Lie. And basically what he's, saying, what he's saying is if you look at the 2008 crash and then you ask people how they did, what they were thinking, they don't tell the truth. And it's not because everyone's a liar. It's because people tend to have a bias that essentially uh, looks positively at positive outcomes and doesn't consider negative outcomes. So, uh, and he cites a classic experiment in 1972 where researchers asked people to estimate the likelihood that President Nixon's uh, then upcoming trip to China and Russia would result in an, in an historic uh, deal. And um, most people, by the vast majority, said nothing's going to happen. About two weeks after the deal was made, 71% of the people recalled putting better odds of his success. Four months later, 81% remembered being sure that Nixon would succeed. And so one of the things that is really important is that uh, you need to be able to get a grip on yourself and to understand uh, how um, how memory sometimes interferes with good function and uh, uh, not be swayed by what, in fact, uh, you think you've remembered. And this is a good time to get some discipline in that area. So um, I, I think, the, and I, this sounds trite, but I think one of the ways to end this first segment and I think it's really applicable now, is what Roosevelt said in, in, in the Depression. He said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And I think that's true. I think this is the one uh, horrible event, the one horrible event I can remember, including wars, feasts, famine, everything, that has an end date. You know, if you think about it, uh, you know, we had no idea about 2008. We had no idea about 1987. We certainly had no idea about World War I or World War II. Here we know that in three, four months, whether it's going to be disastrous or good, it's over for at least some period of time. So we need to just basically try to be rational, think through it, and take take out foods from restaurants. Uh, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back. For prospective home buyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California, of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite 
invite you to visit the kellymarshteam.com or call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. Peekaboo. Peekaboo. Smile. Smile, buddy. Come on. Smile. Oh, honey. He's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah. Maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism. And we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at autismspeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending. Since 1988, a mortgage banker and direct lender that believes in providing in-depth loan consulting to its customers in a personalized and honest manner. And we can be reached 805-564-1290. And if you're just joining us, we have Stephanie Armstrong and Sherry Villanuevo um, on the line with us today. Thank you both for being here with us. Um, Stephanie, let's jump in and talk a little bit about what the Chamber is doing for local businesses um, during this unprecedented time of, of, you know, really shelter in place and, um, you know, not to sound dramatic, but lockdown of some sort. Yeah, we've definitely needed to shift some of our models um, just in terms of our networking opportunities. Clearly, we're not engaged in event production right now. That's certainly not our priority, nor is it in the best interest of the safety of our community. Um, So we've provided all of our resources online, essentially, at the current moment, and we're just wanting to act as the hub of information. So as much interconnectivity between that of the public health officials and that for the resources for the business community, most of those resources are now on our website, and we're updating that on a regular basis. That's great. So and could you just share with us your website one more time um, publicly so if people are listening and they want to go online? Yes, it's sbchamber.org. Um, and then we'll have a direct link on the tabs, the homepage there to the COVID-19 resources. Great. Stephanie, and then- Stephanie, Stephanie, are people, um, uh, members calling you to ask for advice, uh, are they becoming much more active over the last week or two to see what they should be doing? Or are they just basically huddling down by themselves? Uh, yes, actually, I'd say it's it's a combination between both members and non-members. I think that people are, are looking to our organization to figure out best practices. I think it's kind of times like these where you all of a sudden go, who do I have in my, you know, Rolodex and my, you know, phone uh, contact list? And people go, maybe I don't have enough information. So I do feel like the community is leaning on us right now to at least direct them if we don't have the answers to at least put them in contact with the right person. 
And so, um, so you brought with you today one of you, one of the chamber members. Um, yes. And one of Sherry. our board members. Oh, you're a board member, Sherry. Great. So one of the board members of the chamber. So Sherry, tell us a little bit about Acme Hospitality and how you got involved in being one of the most successful, largest restaurateur ownership um, in Santa Barbara. And by the way, I love all of your restaurants. Wow. Thank you very much. I do too. <laughs> um so we started um, in about 2012 with our in in, in building our first three restaurants, which included the Lark, Lucky Penny, and Le Marchand. We redeveloped a historic warehouse in the Funk Zone area, um, really sort of leaning hard into the historic repurposing of that historic property and um, revitalization of that neighborhood. And since then, we've grown to eight, eight restaurants throughout Santa Barbara, most of them in the Funk Zone 7. And we recently acquired the Paradise Cafe in, in the downtown area. Which is a big acquisition because that's like a, a, a historic landmark in Santa Barbara, the way, the way we all hold the uh, Paradise Cafe. Yes, it, it was... It's definitely, and, and the reason we were excited about it as a long-term local myself, um, to, you know, carry the torch forward with such an important Santa Barbara downtown institution, you know, it's very much a locals place, which we love as being locals ourselves and really wanted to sort of expand our footprint to be able to, um, you know, bring our type of, of level of hospitality, but in a, in a format and in a concept that made sense for what the paradise has been rooted in for the last 40 years. Right. And, and so, you know, what, let's, let's start with, so you, you made a really tough decision um, this last week where you've, you've actually um, shut down your restaurants um, because of the COVID-19. And I'm sure that was heart wrenching for all non-properties to be, to be closed. What what did you what was your decision making process and how did you come to that decision as opposed to providing takeout or or some other options that other restaurants have um, embraced? So um, for us, shifting to a takeout model uh, is not an easy is not an easy thing to do. Many restaurants are not able to pivot to that model. Um, we ran a lot of scenarios, developed menus, developed labor plans and prep lists and recipes to try and pivot to a takeout menu. Um, in all cases, they ended up being a loss for us and we didn't feel that we could sustain even further financial losses by subsidizing a program for um, takeout. You know, we're still trying to figure out how we possibly could do it. Um, but it's not as simple as sort of a non-restaurateur might imagine to suddenly, you know, we're, we're in the business of social connection. That's what our businesses do. And pivoting that and the volume of business that our company does over eight restaurants to a takeout model um, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't solve any of our problems. Um, you know, it, it, we were working on it so hard because we thought we could keep five or six or seven employees out of our 350 that we had to lay off, um, keep them employed. Um, but again, subsidizing that at significant losses just didn't make sense. Um, the delivery, you know, services in, in the food industry are extremely expensive. They take upwards of 30% of the cost in order to provide that delivery. 
um, when you're operating at, you know, a and in, in, in a traditional model in our restaurants, delivery takeout is maybe 10% of our of our business. Um, and we can we can take on some of those fees when that's just a 10% incremental revenue source for an existing operation that's in full force. When that's your only revenue source, it doesn't make sense. I mean, this is a business in single digit margins and to pay 30% delivery fees, it's just it doesn't work. Um, you know, we we probably the 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 first thing um, on our minds when we made the difficult decision, and I can tell you, um, as a person who's been in, in the professional world for nearly 40 years, um, it was the most excruciating, most difficult decision of my professional life. Um, there's nothing like looking at 350 people in the eye and telling them that you for you know, eight years, um, you know, your restaurants have been their source of livelihood and you no longer had a job for them to come back to. And it's very, very personally and professionally painful. Um, you know, we, we decided that health and safety was our first priority, not only for our 350 employees, but for the entire community of Santa Barbara, again, in a concept that's a, in the business of social connection, not social distance. Um, and so we, you know, in that priority, health and safety first, um, of our employees in the community and the long-term financial health, trying to, um, stop, you know, sales were plummeting and we were trying not to withstand, withstand so many losses that it would make it um, impossible for us to ever come back. So now when you say what you laid, you laid off 350 people in the Santa Barbara community, is that, um, is that so that then they're eligible for, for unemployment insurance or is it just you needed to cut your losses and then move pivot to how when it comes back online how to restaff because i've got to imagine the restaffing and retraining could be um, a, a big undertaking as well once we get to the to the other side from this well there's no question i mean um, you know we have put our employees on temporary furlough we have not terminated a single employee um, we are continuing to cover medical coverage for those employees enrolled in our program as they are all still active employees in our system. So no one was terminated. It was just a temporary layoff. Um, you know, our expenses, if you take our payroll and our rent, just those two line items, it's nearly a million dollars a month. Um, so you can imagine how resources go very, very quickly um, when you're trying to maintain a workforce of that size with zero revenue. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's a very challenging situation. Yes, they're all eligible for unemployment and we have not only encouraged, but we've assisted them in applying for unemployment. Um, unemployment will you know, help them with about 40% max of their previous income. Um, many of them live paycheck to paycheck. 40% of your income on a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle doesn't work. Um, you know, we've been trying to help them find jobs. There are some industries in Santa Barbara that are hiring, like the grocery store, delivery services, you know, other places. We've been taking them one by one, trying to help them find you know, other opportunities. Um, we've been providing free groceries to all of our employees. Um, we did it all last week. We are continuing that program all this week. We launched a GoFundMe program in order to um, help us purchase 
additional food items that we can distribute to all of our employees for free groceries. It's been about 120 people show up on Friday um, to participate in that program. So, you know, we're there. Individual employees and sort of the health and safety of our employees without question, very, very first priority. But we're also trying to make sure that we have a business for everybody to come back to. You're listening to Money Talk on the Santa Barbara News Press radio station, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jeff Devine from American Riviera Bank. All of our customers were once just like you, stuck with a bank that kept charging more for less. But when they finally made the decision to change banks, American Riviera Bank made the move easy with mobile deposit, online banking, free use of every ATM in the country, and a level of customer service that other banks dream of. Come in and make the move today in our downtown Santa Barbara or Montecito Upper Village branches. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people. Are you ready to start and run your own successful business? Ready to grow your small business or home business? Women's Economic Ventures is a local nonprofit helping women start and build successful businesses. In addition to their highly successful self-employment training program, Weave offers services to help women succeed at every stage of their business, from startup and launch to building and sustaining a business, including individual business counseling, professional networking events, advanced business training, and small business loans to start or expand a business. Over 1,000 local businesses are now owned and operated by women who have taken part in programs and services. Whether you're ready to start up, launch, build, or sustain your business, Women's Economic Ventures is right here to help you make it happen. Call 965-6073 or visit weaveonline.org. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish that. Oh, come on. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. Sherry, we were talking before the break about all the things you're doing for your employees. What are the landlords doing for you? Um, you know, we haven't um, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. In all honesty, we are assessing the situation very carefully. Um, you know, we're trying to, um, we're, we're trying to create a partnership with all of our landlords. I think, you know, we've always approached that, um, perspective that we're really partners in this together and partners in our business together. And so, um, for us, the, uh, landscape has been so uncertain and so unclear that we really haven't put together a plan yet. Well, I hope they are listening to this show because what you're doing for your employees and the concern you have for your employees is something that uh, we would hopefully see them 
uh, join in when it comes to helping out the, the the commercial tendencies that are that are really the backbone of our community. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think it's important for them to realize that it's also in their best interest to to help you succeed so that they they have a tenant that's paying them in the future. You know, it, it's it's a it's a two way street. So in terms of um, in terms of business, if we can kind of step, I know it's hard to, but think back to before COVID-19 hit, hit Santa Barbara and, and the struggles that, that you're facing now, how did you come up with all of these amazing concepts? Let's talk about something fun for a minute, because <laughs> I have to say you have done an amazing job at really hitting different, um, different types of food, different types of atmospheres and different types of experiences, which is really, um, it's amazing. It's an amazing gift when just one restaurant is able to, to capture that, but you've really been able to do it across different types of restaurants and different types of experiences. So where, where did that come from and, and how are you able to do such a great job at it? Well, <laughs> well, first, I, you know, very much appreciate that. Thank you for your kind words. Um, you know, I think we try to approach each one of our concepts. My background is actually in marketing and trend research um, that I did for about 25 years prior to my act two of being a restaurateur. And um, as a marketer, you know, we try to look at ideas and concepts basically from the market perspective out rather than, you know, I happen to love, um, you know, Southeast Asian food. So I think I'll open a Southeast Asian restaurant. We, we look at the opposite direction and say, what does the community want? What's missing um, in the landscape? What, what does this place and this space and the people who we think will be coming into our restaurant, what are they looking for? Um, and so we sort of start with that and then try to solve for that problem. I mean, it's a more entrepreneurial approach, I feel like a lot of people do that, but I feel like what happens is they some company runs a market research um, report that says, you know, Santa Barbara needs another pizza place. And then next thing you know, we have 13 brand new pizza places <laughs> all opening up within like a four mile radius of each other. But what you've really managed to do is actually find the niches that there is a missing piece, which which I think is unique because... What I've noticed, I've lived now in Santa Barbara since 98, is that it comes in a wave. Like you get like Asian food all of a sudden one year and then the next year you get all Mexican food and then the next year you get all Italian <laughs> food. And so, so it, what's that secret sauce that you're able to identify that? I don't, you know, I'd say I don't know the answer to that question. I think a lot of it's intuition, in all honesty. Um, it's, you know, trying to, again, listen to the local market um, you know, I think our first restaurant that we created was the Lark. And really, when people ask me, what's the what's it, what is the concept of that restaurant? For me, it's community. It has nothing to do with the kind of food we serve or the kind of wine we pour. It has to do with what how do we want people to feel when they come into into that restaurant? And and we designed the interior design around the idea of community. We designed the concept for how the food is dropped on the table around the concept of community. And so I think it's it's more than just food type. It's about a, an experience. Like, what is the experience that we want our guests to have when they come into our restaurants? And where do we want to take them? What kind of journey do we want to take them on? And so it's thinking through that and and on all levels of that. And even, even as they experience us on social media, like, what do we want them to feel and know about us? 
um, we start every every project talking through that and kind of really drilling down into core values and core ideas and and what is it that that is important that we express through this particular restaurant or not and so I think when you st- again start from the inside out um, all the pieces start to fit together and they just make sense I mean Lokita is a good example in that you know we it's a it's a building on State Street in a Spanish style um, architecture property in El Pueblo Viejo and Santa Barbara is deeply connected to its Spanish roots and from design and food and music. Um, so we thought, wow, what a, what a cool opportunity in the heart of downtown to celebrate that. And so we, we think through the layers of how do we celebrate, you know, traditional Spanish cuisine in a Santa Barbara way. And then you kind of, again, you build the concept from the inside out. You know, one, so, of the thing, one of the things that restaurants have done, uh, including something I've invested in, which is, I think, always a mistake, which is once they have a successful formula in a successful area, they sort of decide that they're bigger than that and they start going out uh, and they start expanding into not only areas they don't know about and food they don't know about, but it makes it more difficult geographically to manage the uh, type of personal um, responsibility you have when you're dealing with guests who are coming to your place every day. So ha- had, had you considered that, the fact that you wanted all your eight restaurants in one lo- basically one place? <laughs> uh, very much. I mean, it's, it's, there's pluses and minuses. I mean, the minuses are when we have a disaster like we had with the Thomas Fire and the debris flow, you know, we were very severely impacted all at once because everything was in the same geographic location. Um, you know, the positive side to that is I can literally touch every table on a Saturday night. Um, it takes me about an hour and a half to make a round and stop by and see guests and see managers and employees. And then by the time I do the whole round, all the tables have turned and I can go back around again. And so I love that. I love being able to be on the front lines and talking with our guests and talking with our our staff and and really kind of being you know in the in the heart of the operations of the restaurants and so it's it's a luxury to be able to do that walking um, in just a few minutes hey Stephanie one of one of the things that you could I, again you know I don't want to be presumptuous to give you know you ideas right now but oh whatever but, you do too. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but you know one of the things I wonder if, if if you could be doing is having you know Skype sessions with your membership and talking to people like Sherry just at a moment that you can stop worrying about today's uh, action and think about what you want to do a year from now and you know she's got some great ideas and not just for people who listen to the show but the idea would be to have the chamber become a place you know sort of to you know you have the time let's let's talk about successes and failures among all our membership yeah no i think that's a great idea i think it's i think at any season it's a good time to celebrate also the success of what business does in our community and i think that overall this is the time where we really can highlight and help tell some of those stories so i appreciate that and and so Stephanie, for members that are looking to be connected, can they can they reach out to the aside from going to the website to get information if that's their point? But if they have ideas, can they email you or should yeah. what what should they do about who should they contact? I guess is the question. So I would say contact our main office number, and I'll give it here is eight zero five nine six five 
3023, or they can email us at info at svchamber.org. And we're completely open for discussion, both members and non-members. I think in times like this too, um, as an association, I feel like it's our responsibility to obviously represent our membership. Our membership is what keeps us functioning, but this is a community experience and we're a community organization. So collectively, member or non-member, please reach out. Stephanie, are there a, are there a lot of real estate owners who are members? There is a number represented in our membership, yes. And is there any sort of discussion with them uh, or among them about what they intend to do over the next uh, months? Yeah, I, we've had a number of, of property owners or property managers um, in conversation around, you know, the anticipation right now. Is it is it an abatement of rent? Is it a deferment of rent? And how does that impact the businesses on a 12-month uh, or even 36-month cycle? Uh, obviously, the objective isn't about throwing businesses who are already in a situation where they have no revenue coming in into taking on a debt load that maybe they won't be able to repay on the back end. So we're talking about how realistic is that at this time and what are the options that we can explore. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB and we'll be right back. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. If you have trouble handling your anger, get help. If someone you love is hurting or scaring you, get help. There is a full-service domestic violence agency in Santa Barbara County, which offers emergency shelter, counseling, transitional housing, anger management, and teen outreach programs. Its name is Domestic Violence Solutions for Santa Barbara County. Call their 24-hour helpline at 964-5245. Domestic Violence Solutions for Santa Barbara County. Putting an end to domestic violence. Did you know that domestic violence sends more than 500 women and children to emergency shelters every year? There is a place where all family members affected by domestic violence can get help. Domestic Violence Solutions for Santa Barbara County. With four 24-hour phone lines to help. In Santa Barbara, call 964-5245. In Santa Maria, call 925-2160. In Lompoc, call 736-0965. And in Santa Inez, call 686-4390. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. So um, if you're just joining us, we have Stephanie Armstrong with the Santa Barbara Chamber of Commerce and Sherry, Sherry Villanueva from Acme Hospitality. 
um, on the line with us. And we are talking um, about the restaurant and hospitality industry. And so, Sherry, given the state of affairs within that industry, you know, with the COVID-19 virus uh, pandemic, what are there? What are ways that people can help, or what do you see as being a, a path forward to get the industry um, to not be in, in bankruptcy? You know, I, there was just a news headline talking about if the government doesn't bail out the hotel industry, we may not have any more hotels in the U.S. So, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some immediate short-term needs that are being filled by the, um, you know, individual charitable community. Um, You know, I mentioned we started a GoFundMe campaign to purchase groceries for our employees. Um, People are selling gift cards. People are turning to takeout and pickup in those restaurants. And all those are great programs um, and really important for some very short-term immediate um, assistance. The what's gonna what's gonna take to really save the hospitality industry is government intervention. Um, you know, we need major and massive government support um, at the city level, the state level, and at the national level in order to um, get the industry back on track. Um, you know, there and there's a variety of ways that they can do that. It's everything from abatement of sales taxes. It's abatement of payroll taxes, tax credits. Um, A tip credit in California is a really important program that we have been, you know, lobbying for for years and years and years. We're only, California is one of only four states not to have a tip credit, which makes it very... So a tip credit um, allows that you can pay an hourly employee who is receiving tips as compensation a rate lower than the minimum wage rate as long as their tipped rate is higher than the minimum wage. Um, Again, you know, um, we're, there are only four states that don't allow that tip credit. Um, and, and it's the labor being the single biggest expense for um, a restaurant, bar, hotel operator. Um, it's very, very difficult to um, continue with a minimum wage increases was already a massive threat to our industry, particularly in non-tip credit states. So, um, you know, no one's interested in paying people less than minimum wage. It's not about that at all. It's about creating some kind of fairness as it relates to um, hourly wage earners. Um, so we're also, you know, there's unemployment benefits. I mean, we're, we're going to be in a hole with unemployment insurance. Um, so trying to help us dig out of that, helping to negotiate with landlords for rent abatement, rent deferrals, Stephanie mentioned earlier. You know, these are all like major programs that we need um, government assistance on a, on a wide scale basis. Given the culture that you've created through your, your, um, your brands, do you think that most of your employees will come back when when this when we get to the other side? I've got to imagine, given that this is unusual circumstances where they're not being hired away by another uh, another restaurant, <laughs> given that we're, everybody's in the same boat. How much um, attrition do you think you'll see? Uh, I don't. I don't. That's a very good question. I don't know. Um, I'd like to believe that our internal culture is such that the moment you know, we have jobs available again, um, that people, you know, everyone will want to return. We will certainly, um, invite them back. 
Um, you know, the estimates currently in the industry right now are that 50 to 70% of small um, restaurants will never come back. Um, so the number of jobs that are going to be available within the hospitality industry is going to shrink. Um, so, you know, we are very committed in our company uh, towards culture. We, we act and we, um, we behave in a way where we treat each other very much like family. And we really, I mean, that's kind of a trite thing to say, but it's just actually true. Um, we really love each other very much and want to be there for each other and pull each other through this. And then the one thing that everybody wants is just to get back to work. Um, you know, we have a, a, a culture in our company too. People work really hard and um, thrive in that. And so everyone just wants to get back to work. Um, and that's, you know, what we, we're really looking for, you know, the state of California and, and the United States on a national level to help people get back to work. Were, were there many um, of your employees seasonal that were students? and are back home anyway right now, or were all of them essentially graduates or not going to school at this moment? Um, I would guess, I haven't, I, I'm, I'm guessing, but I would guess about um, 15 to 20% of our employees are students. They have mostly gone home to their families. Um, you know, the other 80% are, you know, full-time working adults living in Santa Barbara, many with children, many with two jobs, um, you know, working around the clock just to be able to live in this community. Um, so, you know, some, some students, but not, not the majority by any stretch. Um, you're listening uh, to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back with our last segment. Hi, I'm Jeff Devine from American Riviera Bank. All of our customers were once just like you, stuck with a bank that kept charging more for less. But when they finally made the decision to change banks, American Riviera Bank made the move easy with mobile deposit, online banking, free use of every ATM in the country, and a level of customer service that other banks dream of. Come in and make the move today in our downtown Santa Barbara or Montecito Upper Village branches. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people. For prospective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California, of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you to visit the KellyMarshTeam.com or call Call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. What if every child was sent on the right path stayed in school, graduated college, got a job, and gave back to the community? What if every child's potential was fulfilled? It could be the start of something big. 
Every time you donate your time or money to Big Brothers Big Sisters, it helps make a big impact on a child's life. Help us start something big. Visit sbbigs.org or call 805-965-1001 to learn more about Santa Barbara County's Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. So, Sherry, um, given that our community just recently experienced, you know, a major shutdown of of the hospitality industry with the Thomas fires and, and the mud flow, um, in some way, did that make you better prepared for what you're facing right now? Um, I, I think, I think perhaps, um, you know, it being aware and alert and nimble, um, is certainly important. I think there's just no way that any of us could have, um, predicted or even been prepared for, um, an event like this. I mean, the, the magnitude of it is so gigantic that, um, you know, as much, I, I think I think what we learned in the debris flow and and, and Thomas Fire is resiliency. I, I very much believe in the resiliency of my company. I believe in the resiliency of the Santa Barbara economy and the community here to rally around. I mean, I've been blown away at just extraordinary acts of generosity and kindness. They're just swirling around everywhere. Um, and I think that makes our community here very special. Um, so even though I don't think we could have planned for it, um, I think that it's there's still layers and layers of inspiring um, support. I mean, uh, extraordinary acts of generosity have come our way. Right um, so, um, you know, I think that's the thing that's going to get us through just like it's the thing that got us through in the debris flow and the Thomas fire. Um, it's the thing that's going to pull us through again. And we're going to, we're all in it together this time. Um, there isn't a single, you know, we were discussing earlier, there isn't a single member of our community that has not been affected. Um, and I think we're all going to get out of it together. And, you know, I hate to sound like kumbaya and let's all hold hands, but I kind of feel that way um, because I think um, that's why I've chosen Santa Barbara to raise my children and spend my life, you know, living here. It's a very special community and, and we're going to pull each other through it and, um, you know, get back on track and start creating memories again. And uh, we're going to all look back on this one day and go, wow, that really was, that was rough. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But, you know, having better perspective on and being stronger and, and more resilient again. So you can't, can't beat us down. Not even an invisible <laughs> virus, not going to win. You know, what's really, what's really sad is in 9-11 in New York, um, uh, what happened the next day is the restaurants in the areas that were open were doing a fantastic business, particularly bars, because people just needed to be next to somebody else. And they needed that social connection in a period of such stress. And so, ironically, here we have a situation that is equally stressful, but the one thing people tend to do to get uh, uh, some comfort is to surround themselves with friends, go to dinner, have a drink, and you can't do that. 
and that makes it exacerbates this problem. Yeah, it does. And, and we will be able to do it again, I'm confident. Um, and, you know, when we've determined that our community and everybody in it is safe, um, I mean, and it's inspiring now. I, I, I've been invited to a number of, you know, virtual happy hours and, um, you know, dinner parties online. And, you know, people are getting creative ways to stay connected to each other. I think, we're all digging into our family units and and redefining the relationships that we have right there inside. And I think that's another silver lining that comes through a tragedy like this. And, you know, our community's too strong to break. So it just means we need to, you know, redefine it and reimagine it in the short term. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel confident that we're gonna come out of this thing different, um, kinder, uh, more connected, more, more loving, more, um, you know, united as a community. So that's, that's the thing I look towards every day. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head with resilience. And I think this will, this will catapult us into something even better, not only on a local level, but also on a national level and a global level, because, you know, business is not going to stop. And the spirit of the human condition isn't going to stop and it will continue to propel us forward and make us better, stronger. Uh, uh, yeah. to, to, to just to put a cap on that, I, I moved here in, in the end of 98 and I didn't go back to New York until 2003. I just wanted to get rid of my New York accent. And uh, <laughs> so I, I left for five years and I was shocked when I went back to New York. It was pre post 9-11 and it was different. People were nicer. So, you know, your your uh, observation that things may be even nicer here than it's been is probably, you know, well taken. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, thank you for listening to Money Talk, and we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.